Our text is the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 1, where it says, what is your only comfort in life and in death? Growing out of these words of 2 Corinthians 4, that the comfort we have received, or 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4, that the comfort we have received, that comfort we also pass on to those around us. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we are looking this morning at the sense of comfort that we receive from our faith. Back in 1980, the Christian Reformed Church in Calgary, Calgary First Christian Reformed Church, now River Park Christian Reformed Church, had a ministry to the inmates at the Calgary Correctional Center. They went there every month, and they led a worship time. They had songs and an encouraging message. One time, as they were leaving, the inmates came to the praise team and said to, could you leave just uh, your music? That we could then uh, look at some of those songs and learn them a little bit and, and be able to uh, participate even more in the worship times. And so the team said, sure. And they left a couple of the grace altar hymns. A month later, the team came back and the inmates came in for worship. They were all excited. And it wasn't about the songs so much, but there was something there in the back of the hymnal that they found, the Edelbarger, the Burger, Heidel, whatever, Catechumen, whatever that thing was, the Heidelberg Catechism is written in the back, page 861, if you want to check. And they'd read that thing, and they had, they had gotten excited. Because for these people, these people who, ah, these inmates, that, that for them, the outcasts of society, it was the best expression of the Christian faith that they had come across. It, it just spoke to them, and they were thrilled. This year, this particular year, 2013, is the 450th anniversary of the Heidelberg Catechism being written. And stories could be told, amazing stories, of how it has influenced the hearts and lives of people through all those years. It continues to speak a powerful word of faith and truth, of biblical comfort into the lives of people, and we also want to let it speak into our lives. It has been a confession of the Christian Reformed Church from the beginning as a denomination. We began a little over 150 years ago as part of the official confessional statements that we hold to. And it continues also as a clear expression of what we believe and also as a very warm and personal pastoral expression that can excite us again about the wonder of our faith in God, in Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. And it takes 
to heart those words of 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4, that the comfort that we receive, our faith, we then can also pass on and through also the means of using this expression of faith. So I wanted to start this morning just with a basic sense of, of looking at that comfort expressed in this way. And to begin with, even the term catechism, you don't hear that term so much. A catechism for a faith community is simply a statement that sets out what we hold to be true, the core truth of the Christian faith. Since, since what we believe is centrally important to us, then to have it uh, expressed in a very understandable and readable way is, is a tremendous aspect of comfort to us. It's a little bit like knowing and understanding how an airplane works. If you are on an airplane for the first time, and you are, you are there sitting in your seat strapped in and they've gone through all the safety regulations and you're a little bit nervous and then you're down the runway and, and you're picking up speed and then all of a sudden that funny feeling as, as the wheels leave the ground and the wings take over and then, and then all of a sudden you hear a clunk, clunk, clunk and you think, oh boy, we're, we're done for, we're going down. Unless, unless you know that it's just the wheels retracting under the wing, and you're okay. If you know, if you know the full picture of what's going on, then you're not fearful. You're relaxed. You're comforted. You're having fun. And so, too, if you know your faith, knowing what you believe, what a comfort as you go through life and the difficulties and the uncertainties of life. And so one of the best known and most comforting catechisms expressing the Christian faith is the Heidelberg Catechism. Now, why is it called the Heidelberg Catechism? We have a, a family in our church, the Heidelbergs, not part of their work, uh, though you might think too. Yeah, we have the Heidelberg family right here. But this is written in Heidelberg, Germany, 450 years ago, and it was a time with the Reformation that, that the Christian church, the Protestant church, was, was coming to understand more fully what faith was. Having, having moved into a, a more open faith expression and having seen the importance of giving all church members the Bible, and so in Heidelberg, the leader there, Frederick III, he took a, a general college that was there and made it a theological school. And that was being done quite a bit at that time in Europe. And so he started a theological school in Heidelberg and he asked Zacharias Ursinus, that's a good name, eh? Zacharias Ursinus, to run it. And he was a scholar and a college professor at that time. He was 26 years old. You think, well, that's not old. But in that time, too, that was, that was a good, good age. He had had significant training, and he was qualified to lead that theological college. And then he called alongside of him others to help. Casper uh, Olivianus was one who he called alongside 
and the two of them, Casper was older, he was 28, and they were kind of the core of the column. And then Frederick III said to them, we are moving forward in the Christian faith here in this community and in this area, and we need a clear catechism to help teach the people, encourage them in the faith. And so he gave those two men that assignment. It says in the first edition that they uh, wrote, it said they also had the advice and cooperation of the entire theological faculty, there were others there, as well as superintendents and distinguished servants of the church. So they pulled together the, the faith community there, and they also had at their disposal some other catechisms had been written. And, for example, one had been written by a French theologian, John Calvin. And so they had that to look at. And, and so they, they brought all of this together. They worked for a year, and they presented to Frederick III a full written <coughs> statement of faith. 129 questions and answers, and that was the format that was generally used. So people could understand, come to know what they believe. Frederick took the document to the synod of the church, the highest ruling authority, and all the pastors and leaders looked at it. They loved it, they approved it, and it was printed for the very first time in 1563. And then 10 years later, it was divided into 52 Lord's Days. If you look at it, you'll see it's in 52 sections so that every Sunday, in every church, in the second service usually, one of the Lord's Days was read and reflected on so that people would come to know what it was exactly that they believed. Because they were Christian and they believed the Bible, but then just the key aspects were laid out for them. And so that's how that went. That they would come to know and learn and live into the comfort of their faith. And from the very beginning, the catechism was received in terms of its clear expression and its warm personal tone. It, it asks, what, what is your comfort? What comforts you? And like the litany we had at the start, different things. But we need more. And so it spoke into people's lives. Other questions too. How does believing all these things of the Christian faith help you? And why bother? And it gives a beautiful answer. So that sense of it's, it's a note of excitement, acceptance, and appreciation among people and nations and languages continue. Just like it, it struck the inmates in Calgary, it, it struck people through the years. This is, this is comforting, encouraging. And the catechism itself has been reprinted many thousands of times in many languages throughout the world. 2 Corinthians 1, the comfort it gave was received and passed on, comforting many others. A key question this morning, why have a catechism at all? Why bother with something like that? Why celebrate something like that? We have the Bible, right? We have the Bible. Who needs a catechism? There's two responses. First of all, we do hold the Bible absolutely above all else, no doubt. 
But let's say, for example, you had to tell somebody, somebody came up to you this week, and somebody just, yeah, at Tim Hortons or in your work or somehow, they, they had been thinking about things and wondering about things, and they asked you, okay, explain to me for a minute, who is God? You believe in God? Tell me, who is God? And you're sitting there, uh, uh, uh. read the Bible. What if you just go read the Bible? And that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Go read the Bible. Excellent. But you might say, well, that's a really good question. And let me just let me just bring you something that explains that really beautifully out of the Bible. And you could come to them with Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 9, question and answer 26. Who is God? God is the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So yeah, God is eternal, of course. And he is the Father of Jesus Christ, the center of our faith. He is the creator of heaven and earth. So, so you, have, you have a big, big sense of who God is, just like the eternal Father. But then, very personally, he upholds and rules all things by his power and providence. He is my God and Father. Opportunity to share just personally who God is to you. I trust him to provide whatever I need for body and soul. And then again, the sense of greatness. God is able to do this. He's almighty God. Absolutely. And we could reflect with people on that and our trust in that. And then it adds, see, why would this God, why would he be interested in us? in you, in me, the person asking, why would this God have any interest in me? Because he is my faithful father. So you can see the truth of the Bible pulled together from Old and New Testament, very personal, very helpful for young believers, for new believers, for mature believers, there is a place for a catechism to guide people into the Word of God. The second reason is, have you ever noticed how, how in different churches you get different emphasis? Churches that all say, we believe in the Bible. We teach the Bible. Absolutely. And then you get but a particular emphasis. Baptist church, Bible-believing church, Stress on baptism. Emphasize baptism. Beautiful. But the Pentecostal church, Bible-believing church, emphasize spirit. You get more, more churches that have the sense, too, of <coughs> obeying the rules and approaching the Bible that way. A catechism serves to keep the whole Bible clearly in view. And so the Heidelberg Catechism includes the biblical emphasis on baptism, infant and adult, by immersion and sprinkling, Lord's Days 26 and 27, beautifully expressed. That's what the Bible says, that's what we believe. You have the Holy Spirit in Lord's Day 20, and in other areas too, the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, fully expressed. 
you have the sense, too, of a strong, obedient, sanctified life. The Catechism touches on all of the Ten Commandments, Lord's Day 34 to 44. This is how you should live, in thankfulness before God. Obedient, humble servant. So the fullness of the biblical truth is held before believers in churches who otherwise do tend to pick and choose. And it's good to have that broad picture. Let me be perfectly clear. The catechism is always under the Bible. The Bible is first. Even though we have a catechism and we uh, do recognize its value, the Bible is above all. Every word and phrase of the catechism itself is supported by biblical truth. Here is Lord's Day 1 that we said already this morning, what is your only comfort in life and in death? The first statement of response that I am not my own has a little footnote. The footnote is 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 to 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. There it is. I am not my own. Where does that come from? It comes from the Bible. I am not my own. You were bought with a price. Wow. Second statement, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death. Little footnote 2, Romans 14, 7, 8. For none of us lives to himself alone. None of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. I'm not my own, but belong. Body and soul, Romans 14, life and death. I belong. And to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Footnote 3 is 1 Corinthians 3, 23. And you are of Christ. You are of him, in him. And to Titus 2, 14, speaking about Jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, and to purify for himself, we belong to him, to our faithful Savior, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So it's always the Bible expressed in clear summarizing statements, the truth that we hold to, comforting and encouraging. The Bible always as the only authoritative word of God, seeking to express it clearly and beautifully for people. When I came here seven years ago, I preached through the catechism. Maybe you recall a little bit, we started and went through all 52 Lord's Days, generally in the second service, which is like it was done historically. That's nice. Come together, second service, look at all of the key aspects of our faith. <laughs> In this 450th year anniversary, I intend to do three sermons on the three parts. The catechism is in three parts, our sin, salvation, and our thankfulness, our gratitude. And so we'll look at that in the morning services over the next number of weeks, give you again just a clear overview of that biblical truth of what we believe. And then in the evenings again, or afternoons now, that we will look at more individual Lord's Day, some of the key ones and through the winter, 
we'll take 15, 20, 25 of them, we'll look at that and be encouraged, comforted in our faith. I also wanted to share with you, we also use the catechism as the main material in our youth training program because it speaks clearly the key aspects of faith. And it is so encouraging, too, for our youth because kids have many questions. They're, they're stressed, like Harriet was saying. There are struggles and pressures more than ever before. So for them, too, to know clearly what they believe is so comforting and encouraging for them. And then, too, we challenge them in grade 12 to make a confident profession of faith. And how can you profess your faith if you don't know what you believe? And so that they know what they believe and that they can stand up here and say, this is where I find my comfort, my trust. So that's the place it has in our fellowship. The Heidelberg Catechism is a way of expressing that truth of the Bible, the truth of 2 Corinthians 1, where it says, receive that comfort and pass it on. It's a way of doing that. And it works beautifully. It works powerfully even today in people's lives, even the life of a person like Rob. Rob was adopted. He was accepted into a Christian Reformed home at the age of 11. And as an adopted son, he was invited to uh, take part in the Christian school. So he, he understood things of faith through that and he became a member of the church. And as he grew in knowledge and understanding, he made a confident profession of faith. It was a wonderful thing. He was in a large U.S. city. In the 1980s, he joined the U.S. Army and he was stationed overseas for several years. After finishing his military service, he thought, too, I'll go back there. And, and he, he was intrigued by one of the foreign countries. And so he went there, and he opened a tattoo parlor. And through that, he made substantial money. He also learned the local language and married a local lady, but began to struggle with addictions and troubles. Rob's life was spiraling downwards. Things did not get better either. And at a certain point, his dear wife, she, she couldn't handle him. And she, she took as much money as she could get hold of and left him. And there he was, by himself in a foreign country, nothing but sadness and trouble. Rob's adopted mom kept in contact with him. She even went to visit once in a while and did what she could. And when his, life, his wife left him, she wondered what to do, what to say. And she shared with him the truth that he knew, that he belonged to Jesus. Though everything had fallen apart, and he wondered, his wife had left him, God couldn't love him. She simply shared with him, what is your comfort in life? What could you maybe hold on to? That Jesus holds on to you. That you belong to him. And that connected with Rob. It, it connected with him. And as he went forward, he took hold of that biblical truth. And in the love of Jesus, he was able to overcome the addiction. He shared with his mom that he, was re he realized he was not on his own. 
that he had the strength of the Lord, the living Lord, to stand against this sinful, addictive habits he'd fallen into. And so, by the power of the Spirit, he overcame his circumstances. His mother was a me. He was a me. Faith, even as it was expressed in the catechism, had played a key part in taking hold of the truth of the Bible. So Rob could find himself again in the glorious salvation message of Jesus. And that's not all. Not long after that, Rob met another lady. She wasn't a Christian. He told his mom about her. Said, I don't know. He asked her, I could not have gotten through my addictions without the assurance of my faith. And he said to her, I can't get serious about this woman until I tell her about Jesus. He said, Mom, do you think I can use the Heidelberg Catechism to teach her? Yes. Yes, his mom said. That would be the way to do it. Still speaking power into the lives of those who need to have that comfort. And so Rob did that. And faith was ignited. And he goes forward in that joy with his dear wife. A sure comfort is there. A hope that Rob had in all his struggles. And a sure comfort for all of us. That we are not our own, but we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.